Hey, welcome to It's All About Relationship. I'm David Novak, and welcome to the show, episode number 96. Hey, if this is your first time joining us, hey, welcome aboard. And if you've been listening on a regular basis, we really do appreciate your continued support and uh, sharing, uh, you know, the link to this podcast with whoever you think could get a, you know, be blessed and all that. And we really appreciate you sharing it with other people because, hey, that's what we do here. And again, it's all about relationship. And why do we do this? We do this to help you hopefully develop a closer relationship with God others, and even yourself. So that's our whole goal here at It's All About Relationship. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's David Novak Podcast. That's N-O-V-A-K. And on Facebook, it's actually the name of the show. It's All About Relationship. And as an actor, if you want to follow me, that would be cool. Uh, David Novak Actor on Facebook. Uh, Let's see, Instagram, Twitter, you know, whatever else, even parlor, but I don't even know if that's around anymore. So anyway, and just to give you a quick update on a couple of things, hey, uh, we, all of a sudden, I just found out today we're in 40 countries now. That's that's kind of cool. I mean, I'm not saying we have a billion people listening, but we do have listeners in 40 countries, you know, whether it's one or a thousand or 10, I don't know, but they don't tell me that. But 40 countries and 38 states now. We picked up another state and uh, three more countries. A couple of those countries just, I mean, I was going through the list here, just looking at some of the countries, and it's, it's really pretty interesting because they're all over the place. I mean, it's, yeah, obviously United States, but I mean, we got Albania in there, we got Let's see, Belgium, we got Saudi Arabia. I mean, we got, uh, let's see, Hong Kong, we got uh, Finland, Antigua, we got Uganda. That's that's pretty cool. Uh, let's see, Israel, Austria, Papua New Guinea. I mean, that, that's a new one that just came up. Uh, South Korea, Singapore. Anyway, a whole bunch of countries. So, I mean, that's, that's really pretty cool. And since we do this... Um, you know, from a Christian perspective, that means we're getting the gospel out there, and that's why we do this. Amen? Amen. So, uh, quick quick update on uh, Lost Outlaw. Uh, I'll make it brief on that. We had our premiere, at least our public premiere, not not the one where we release it out to everybody, but we had a, a premiere at a showing a couple weeks ago. We had a couple hundred people there and sold out two theaters, and it was very well received. So hopefully you'll be able to watch Lost Outlaw when it's uh, completely released in September. That's a faith-based Western. It's kind of fun. We you know, get to shoot up stuff. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. Anyway, so moving along, we have uh, guests from time to time. As you know, you don't just have to listen to David Novak talk all the time. We do have guests, and we've had all kinds kinds of guests. We've had producers, directors, actors, uh, pastors, teachers, uh, oh gosh, all kinds of people. But we have a special guest today, and he's been on the show before, uh, numerous times actually, and we keep asking him back because he's such an awesome guy. And uh, without further ado, Pastor Josh Lotzenheiser. Pastor! Hey, Mr. <laughs> Novak, thank you so much, man, for having me again. This is actually my fourth time now. It is, I know, I know. It's, I love it's, it. It's, it's Yeah, and he, and you called me Mr. Novak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I bet you did that on purpose, too, didn't you? Oh, uh, yeah, of no, course. Of course you did. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Pastor Josh Lotzenheiser is from Church of Grace. He's one of the uh, pastors over there, uh, which is located in Yorba Linda, California. 
right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And if you want to, uh, you know, as we get into what uh, Pastor Josh is going to talk about in a minute here, if you want to listen to some of his other teachings that he's had, they're really, really, really good. And uh, I would highly, you know, recommend that you do. And the way that you would do that, excuse me, is to go to churchofgrace.com. And you can find out all about uh, Church of Grace and, you know, what we do there and what he does and all that. But but he's got his previous... um, messages right there. You click on them, listen to them for free, and I think you can even share them, couldn't you, Josh? Yes, sir. Oh, that's even better. So, so yep. how's Josh today? Uh, doing well. You know, and in fact, in, in light of that, like, talking about the videos, I have a YouTube channel as well. It's just oh. my full name, Josh Watsonheiser, but it's really cool because I have several video testimonies of um, you know, my stories of ministry and evangelism, praying for the sick and so forth. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's one in particular where a woman that was facing, uh, needed a kidney transplant and was almost dead. Uh, and God supernaturally healed her and gave her brand new kidneys. And she's completely healed. Wow. Uh, the testimony video of that just recently has been, for some reason, been blowing up and, and, it, it was getting maybe, you know, one or two views a day. Now it's getting almost 50 a day and people it's touching people's lives all over the place, believing God for new kidneys and believing God for healing. So, you know, wow. just super cool. So uh, awesome to see what God's doing, you wow. know, in, in the supernatural today. So that's amazing. Gosh. Yeah. Wow. You didn't even tell me you're going to tell me, say that. So that, yeah, that, yeah. No, it just came to wow. mind. I was just, uh, yeah. So, Super cool. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. So, uh, Josh, a couple of weeks ago, he—I mean, he—he he teaches uh, regularly at Church of Grace in Yorba Linda. But uh, two, three weeks ago, or something like that, he—he he, uh, taught a message that really touched my heart. Of course, he—he he does that on a regular basis, so it's not a one-time <laughs> one only thing. But, but this particular one, right after he taught, I thought, Josh, you got to come on my show again and and uh, share this. And and he was talking about. Oh gosh, uh, God's attributes and and keeping Scripture in context and and knowing who God really is as revealed, you know, through Jesus. And anyway, Josh, I don't want to preach your message. Uh, t- let's talk. Tell tell me what. Yeah, you're, go ahead. You know, the the further I go in, along in this Christian life and teaching and pastoring, it's it's just so important. And the whole point of all of this, the reason why we have a Bible, we have church, the body of Christ, and the gifts that God gave to. Uh, man, in you know Ephesians four talks about the prophet, the apostle, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. It's so that we come to the fullness of the faith and come to the fullness of the knowledge of who Christ is, and and that really is eternal life in a nutshell. Is knowing God, eternal life. Uh, for instance, if you were to give somebody a challenge of uh, show me a scripture in the Bible where it says you go to heaven when you die you're not going to be able to find it because it's not there. None of the New Testament writers actually preached that you go to heaven when you die. Now, of course, you do go to heaven when you die, but the focus for the church has never been on a, on a location. It has always been on a person. It has always been about being united with Jesus and being in the Messiah, in him, and, and knowing God, having relationship with God you know, here you, here's your shout out. It's all about relationship, you know, yeah, you and it really is. It's not about going to heaven. And I used to ask that question when I would evangelize and witness, Hey, if you died today, where are you going? And it's actually a terrible question. Now don't, I don't want to, you know, bring condemnation 
to anybody that has done that or does do that, that's fine. Whatever helps you be a witness about Jesus, and it is a true statement. However, the problem is, is we're, we're teaching salvation as a ticket to heaven rather than a changed and transformed life here and now in union with Christ and walking with God on a daily basis. It's not about escaping earth. It's about redeeming earth. And that's God's plan is when we read Romans 8, is that it's not about you escaping to heaven. It's about God bringing heaven back to earth. And that's always been the plan. So everything we do on the earth today matters and it's all done. Anything that we accomplish that's eternal, eternally relevant, is going to come from our relationship with God, our knowing him. Well, that kind of reminds me of uh, when Jesus prayed, we refer to it as the Lord's Prayer, but he says on earth as it is in heaven. Correct. That's it. Yep. And and that's been like, for if you were to, uh, you know, j- jump in a time machine and go back 2000 years before Jesus died and you walk around Jerusalem and you talk with the Pharisees and you talk with the scribes, they were, they were never, they were never living as in thinking about the afterlife as in, do I go to hell or do I go to heaven? They were waiting for their Messiah, the King to come and rule and reign on the earth. So the earth has always been God's plan A. And, and, and Jesus coming to the cross and becoming human and, and going to the cross fulfilled God's plan A of that this earth is still going to be renewed in the resurrection and God is going to make all wrongs right. But we're, we don't have to wait for that moment when Jesus comes back the second time because his project of new creation has already begun. And it began with Jesus in the resurrect when Jesus was resurrected. And then you and I, when we put our faith in Jesus today, we are actually called new creations. And so we are new creations living in this in-between time period between Jesus's resurrection 2000 years ago and his second coming, which is in the future where he makes all wrongs right. We're living in the moment now not just existing, but we're supposed to be hastening his coming by renewing the earth. And, and that's by being an image of God, expressing the very nature of God, which, which leads to the point of what I wanted to talk about and what I shared a couple of weeks ago is the importance of, of studying scripture. And, you know, study isn't easy. We, a lot of people just read the Bible and that's good reading the Bible but there's a lot you won't grasp just from reading it. You need to actually invest time in studying it because when we study it, we need to, uh, to properly interpret and understand scripture in its context. You have to look at the historical context, the literary context and the cultural context of what we're reading. For instance, many scientists try to disprove the Bible by saying, look at the Bible preaches a flat earth, mentality, you know, a flat earth idea. And, and the Bible talks about, you know, this whole creation being in, in seven days and, and different scientists just balk at the idea and laugh at it because they're the science that they have says, says otherwise. But the point of scripture is the scripture was never created to be a science book. The scripture is a God book of his self revelation speaking through the individuals he chose to speak through in the time that he, he spoke through them. And he wasn't going to change their scientific research so that they can match real science. So in other words, you know, many flat earthers today believe the earth is flat because of scripture. 
Well, yeah, that's because a lot of people that God used to write scripture, they thought the earth was flat and they literally thought there was a, a solid firmament in the sky. God didn't decide, Hey, let me change their scientific outlook before I speak to them about myself. No, he used the framework they had to speak a message to them and through them to the people of the time. So for me to properly understand what message God is saying, like through Moses or through Abraham or through Isaiah or Jeremiah or even the gospel writers and Paul himself, I need to get into their cultural context. I need to get into their historical mindset. What are they living in? What are the streets of Jerusalem like? What are they expecting? And then there's the literary context of the actual language that's used. And so that requires study. But here's the thing that's really exciting. And if you're if you care about knowing God, which we all should, we should all be students of scripture. Here's the exciting thing is that we can actually better understand the historical, the cultural and the literary context of Moses and of the early church writers today. We can better understand it than at any other time in history because of archaeology because of research, because there are so much, there's so much money and resources being poured into research of uh, ancient Near East languages and uh, the, the writings and, and, and all the digging that's going on in the Middle East, that we can actually better understand the culture of the time of Moses than at any other modern time in modern history, which is really exciting. Let me ask um, you a question. You know, Let me ask you a question. Yeah, go. So we got... We got the average guy out there, and or I'll just say me, just me, David. Okay, I'm yeah. just I'm just an average guy. I'm sitting there listening, and I say, "Hey, you know what? That sounds really good. I really want to do all that, but how do I, you know, as just Dave or David, or just the average person, how do I really study the Bible? I mean, I, you know, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a teacher, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to spend nine hours a day, you know, digging into the Word because I have a regular job and you know I got to do this and I got to do that. So how do I do all this stuff? That's a fantastic question, and uh, I think we can be a little bit intimidated by the sounding of all that as if, you know, it's, it's above what I can do or above, you know, my time, but th- there are so many great authors and, and, and it's really accessing all the gifts that God has given us through Jesus to the church today of, of teachers. There's lots of teachers out there, lots of books out there, uh, commentaries and, uh, you know, writings today that are uh, answering so many of these questions. And so for, for uh, anyone can go pick up a book by say Walton, who's a professor at uh, Wheaton college. He's a very well-known scholar. You have Dr. Michael Heiser, who's a well-known scholar who's written books that are for the everyday guy. That's not academic in its language and easy to understand uh, no matter what level of Christian experience you have. And so there are resources out there. Unfortunately, much of our Christian upbringing, we have just kind of uh, lived in a dependence on our Sunday morning pastor and whatever they're teaching. And that's kind of the, the gist of what we experienced and, the, and, and how far deep we're going to go into Scripture. Yeah. And I, I think... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go on. I was going to say, and I think a lot of it is because sometimes teachers and pastors like the feeling of being needed 
So I'm going to dissuade you from reading other resources or perhaps digging deeper into other areas or other authors, because I want you to come to me for information. It's kind of the whole Pharisee model in Jesus's day. They were mad that Jesus was bringing God to a level where people could have a relationship. They're like, no, they got to come through us first. And and so I think a lot of the church has been intimidated by some of this stuff Mm -hmm. because of maybe the the theologian that uses academic language and we're like, Oh my gosh, what does that mean? And it's really not hard. You know, it's really not complicated. Again, it's all about knowing who God is. That's the ultimate idea. Yeah. And I I kind of consider going to church on Sunday. It's kind of a tune up for me. I mean, it's like when I go, uh, and, and I come and I come listen to you, Josh, and I listen to pastor Tom and you guys are awesome. And but in my head, and I come to learn, obviously, and yeah. I, and I come to get spurred in my th- spurring on uh, additional thinking and and you know getting me to think about other stuff. But it's for me, it's it's a kind of a tune-up, and also to fellowship with other people, of course. But but if I was to spend, I mean, this is just me, David. But if I was to spend, you know, Sunday, you know, an hour and a half at church or whatever, and then the rest of my week, you know, not praying, not reading the Word. I mean, what good is that? I mean, right, because right. Uh, it's just, well, because, <laughs> again, to use the name of the show, it's all about relationship. And it, I, mean, I mean, it really is. You, it's, it's a daily thing, and we've got to dig in a little bit deeper. And I, I love what you're saying about studying the Word, and just any old buddy can, can do it. Because if God yeah. only wanted a couple people to learn, you know, and, and, you know, like you were talking about the Pharisees, he wouldn't have given his word through Jesus for all of us, I think. Yeah, that's it. You're exactly right. And that's the point is, like, how amazing is God, who is eternal and infinite and gracious, to give us a small book that expresses everything he wants us to know about himself. Now, the scriptures are not exhaustive about God. In other words, the the scriptures do not exhaustively say who God is and and everything about him. Why? And it's impossible because he is infinite. However, the scriptures give us an accurate understanding of who God is. And that's what's important is we're, we're not out to understand God exhaustively and know everything about him. That's not what we're looking for. That won't happen in this lifetime. For, it won't happen in this lifetime. And that's right. <laughs> yeah, and it, it'll, it will never happen because, again, he is an infinite being. So there's no, there's no boundary to discover. It, that, that's why our brains can't wrap around it. And so for us, as you know, one of the things theologians often uh, say is the impossibility of a finite being, aka you and me, having any kind of comprehension of an infinite being who's beyond space, time, and matter, and beyond our even train of thought. Like he's beyond that. So the only reason we have any knowledge of who he is and can have relationship with him is because he has graciously revealed himself to us. And that's what scripture is. This is God saying to us, and Jesus coming to earth, Jesus saying, look, I am showing you guys who the Father is. I am in him. He is in me. Everything I do is because this is what the Father is doing. So look at me. I am the fulfillment of Scripture. I am the Scripture was written about me. I am the Word in the flesh. And all of this is to reveal to you and to show you who the Father is so that you can have relationship with him and so that you can express him and image him 
and and reveal him to the cosmos and to others. That's what this whole thing's about. And so that's why we study. It's because I want to accurately know who God is. And, and that goes to the message that I preached that, that you were talking about was about who does God say he is? You know, who does he, you know, is grace a man-made concept because we didn't like the idea of a big, scary, judgmental God. So let's take this loving Jesus, you know, God's mean, but Jesus is nice. And, <laughs> you know, he's that kind of idea, which is right. true that people kind of painted this picture that, you know, Jesus just calmed God down a little bit. Jesus, you know, <laughs> God was full of wrath and anger. And then Jesus came and was like, no, I'm, I'm going to take the wrath on me as if God and Jesus had different, uh, you know, different ideas of what was happening. You know, that's not exactly what took place. So Jesus is kind of like, Jesus kind of like the hippie God and God is like the man, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) You know, and, and, and so that's not knowing God accurately. That's not giving integrity, keeping the integrity of scripture. And so that was the message was God self revealing himself to Moses in Exodus 34 using three Hebrew words, which was Rahim, uh, Hanun, and Hased. And those mean mercy, graciousness, and another word for grace, or loving kindness, or, and, and tender mercies. And, and this is who God said he is. And so what does that mean to Moses then? And that's what we were looking at is, okay, this is who God says he is, but he's also just, and he's also a judge, and he's also a righteous. So how is God going to uphold his righteous judgment against sin, at the same time, though, he's gracious and he's merciful. How does that work? How is that going to happen? Because if God is just, and we ought to be so thankful that he is, you know, so thankful that he is a just God where there's no shadow of turning, that what he says today is the same thing it's going to be tomorrow. He's not going to be wishy-washy where, you know, murder's okay over here, but not over here. You know, rape is okay here, but not over here. Even, you know, like the whole Adam and Eve thing in, in Cain and Abel, where, you know, the traditional Western teaching is that they were the only people on the face of the earth. So in other words, for, for Cain to multiply, he had to have had an incestuous relationship with his sister because there weren't other people. And so that I have always had a problem with that because it's not like God's going to say, yeah, incest is okay here, but not over here. You know, or that, that God does a lot of things, but that's a whole other subject, you know, but so God's not changing and he's perfectly just. So how does he deal with sin? How does he deal with the punishment that we all deserve because we rejected him and we made ourselves God, the cross, the cross is what in Psalms, uh, I believe uh, Psalms, uh, I forget what chapter it is, but at the cross is where righteousness and mercy kiss. And that is where God is upholding his justice and his judgment and his punishment for his sin, as well as upholding his grace and his mercy for his humankind, his people. And and that is who God is. The cross is the, the ultimate expression of the nature and character of God. And it is the ultimate expression of a Christian who walks in love is that it's my life for you. I forgive to the very death. And if, if the church walked in that kind of love, I'm pretty sure everybody would be safe tomorrow. <laughs> you know, wow, it, it, yeah. there's something that is so attractive about that kind of real love where I'm going to give my life for you. And someone would say, why would you do that? 
Well, because my Savior, my Lord, my God did the same for me. Wow. And sin, sin is always your life for mine. Love is my life for yours. And that's the ultimate expression of God's nature and character that takes an entire Bible and these powerful Hebrew words to just give us glimpses of his attributes and his character. Wow. I'm sitting here thinking, I mean, just kind of blown away a little bit with everything you just said. <laughs> it's just like, oh, man. So like the average person is just like, wow. Uh, it's like, so how do I know this God more and more? Well, you talked about, you know, studying his word and, you know, getting to know him more and more and taking things in. I can talk about context a little bit. That's one thing you were going to yeah. uh, keeping scripture in context, because I, I just started to say something about that. Yeah, and, and I will add to what you were just saying. How do I know God better? And, and you know, one of the things that the, the best way for anybody to know God better and the best way for anybody to spend time with Jesus, mm-hmm. personal time with him, right. it's, not, it's not in worship and singing songs. It's not even in prayer. But please don't misunderstand me. Please don't misunderstand anybody that's listening. Those are important and vital to our life. It's prayers, communication. But but I can manipulate those moments. Mm. In fact, I could spend an hour praying and not even spend a moment of praying what God's even looking for, right. you know, or right. it, and, and worship could still be all about me. Cause I'm trying to feel better, yeah. you know, or exactly. it, so, <laughs> you know, yeah, so those, those moments of prayer and worship, though vital can only <laughs> They can still be manipulated. I can manipulate those moments to where it's not even pure. However, I cannot manipulate scripture with integrity. Mm-hmm. So every time I sit down to truly study and read and meditate on God's word, I am I am living in an unmanipulated moment of letting God be who he wants to be and mm-hmm. telling me who he is. And that is the foundation for prayer and worship from there. I cannot manipulate the words of Jesus. I can't change them to make them be something I want them to be. And that's why the Bible should hurt because it should correct your flesh. It should show you, man, you've been depending on the flesh here and you haven't been depending on me. And that should be a little painful because, because pride is a powerful force in people's lives. They don't even realize it's there until they get into the, the word of God and, and it slices and dices, right? Mm-hmm. That's what Hebrews 4, 16, Hebrews 4, 12 says, that the word is alive and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing and, and dividing between soul and spirit and joint and marrow. In other words, the word gets in places you didn't, nothing else can. You know, you didn't even realize that, that, that there was pride there and the word of God just gets in there and does things. But again, it's, it's reading it and studying it in context is important because I, I can't just read it the way I want it to read. I have to read it in its context, and that requires study and help from other gifted uh, leaders and teachers and, and you know, people that are, have been peer-reviewed. That's very important, not just some guy out there that says, oh, I've got revelation no one else has. Uh, I like what... C.S. Lewis and G.K. Chesterton, and I know I'm going on and we're going long, but last <laughs> point, G.K. Chesterton, they talk about how do I correctly interpret Scripture today, being that it's almost impossible to read anything without the bias of postmodernism. 
and rationale that came from the Enlightenment period. Mm -hmm. And so in other words, when you read something, you're going to read it with your own Western bias. Everybody has it. It's very difficult to not even to not do that because you're, you're even unaware of your own bias. And so that's why if someone believes in the health and wealth gospel and they read the Bible, all they see in there is health and wealth. Somebody that doesn't believe that God wants you healed, they read the Bible. All they see is that they don't see it anywhere. So it's, it, we read things with a bias. How do we train ourselves to do our best to not read with a bias? And that's by keeping one foot in tradition and one foot into the, the accepted scholarly work of our forefathers from Paul all the way to today. Not both feet in tradition, but one foot in tradition and one foot in today's work so that we can see, am I, am I getting off track of what scripture has been interpreted as all these years? And that's how you remain humble and full of integrity in understanding scripture and its context. Wow. That's good stuff, Josh. Really good stuff. <laughs> Whoever's listening to this, you've got to probably listen to it again. I, I swear, you've got to rewind this thing at the very be- at the end and listen to it one more time. And uh, you yeah. just got to do that, probably. Um, hey, yeah, definitely. Hey, and well, I want to make one comment before we talk about one other thing here, but um, I hope I can remember my thought on it. But you you were talking about how the word. Um, uh, it cuts like a knife, you know, and uh, in dividing asunder. Uh, yeah. You, you, but it's not for condemnation because the, the Bible clearly says, I think it's in Romans, there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So it's, right. it's not to condemn us. It, it's, right. it, it's so that we can cut away those things in our life that are not good for us because yeah. God, God loves us so much. He doesn't want anything in our life that will be that would hurt us and some of this some of the stuff that we allow to happen in our lives or, or partake in it's not hurting god we can't right. hurt god but we hurt ourselves right. and he he yeah. he loves us so much and it's, it, we just have to get a revelation about how much god loves us and he wants the best for us right that's right right that's right hey um Talking about, uh, before I let you go, you were talking about a couple of things that are near and dear in your heart, things that uh, uh, an organization or two that, that uh, you want to help help thrive. How can we talk about yeah. them, if you would? Yeah, I, I always want to be known as, you know, social justice is a big movement movement in the world right now, and, and God is into justice, as we talked about. Um, for the Christian, there is a priority, there is a uh, a priority of justice for the Christian, and that is for each other, the, the the fellow brother and sister in Christ. And so I've made it a personal mission of my own, financially and through prayer, to lift up and to financially support persecuted Christians that are around the world. Um, and, and that's uh, very easy to do today because there's several good organizations that partner and help the families of persecuted Christians. I just saw a video, not the video, but a picture with the headline of this uh, Christian man who uh, was just beheaded, uh, I believe it was in Egypt, for his faith. And so this is happening all over the world. Uh, In Myanmar, uh, pastors, their churches are being burned to the ground. And so this is, there's more persecuted Christians today than there have been in the history of the Christian faith in the world. So there's a lot of need out there. And so two of the organizations is open door 
as well as the Voice of Martyrs organization. So I would highly recommend to check those organizations out, Open Door and Voice of Martyrs. Pray for them. Pray for the people that they uh, are supporting and, and help them financially. You know, give, give money monthly to these organizations that help feed our brothers and sisters because we are no different than any of them. We are all equal and valuable to God. And so th- those are near and dear to my heart. Awesome. Thank you. Um, and, and again, folks, uh, if you want to hear more of Josh, Pastor Josh, churchofgrace.com. Check out his messages there. Again, they're free. And, uh, you, you know, you can share those messages. And this one today that you just got listening, just got done listening to, if it's blessed your heart, I, I, I uh, oh gosh, I'm asking you to please share the link on this uh, podcast today if, if this message has blessed you. Uh, I don't ask for any money or anything, so I don't get anything for it. I just want to help people. So that's that's the reason we do this. Hey, Pastor Josh, thanks so much for being on the show today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Dave. I love being on. I hopefully can be on again sometime soon. Yeah, you will. You're you're the most uh, uh, repeatable guest we've had, and and yes, I'm going to ask you back many many, many <laughs> awesome. more times. So hey, don't go awesome. don't go anywhere, Josh. Uh, as we play it out and hit the music, uh, don't go anywhere. I want to talk to you before we go. Okay. Hey, everybody. All right. Thanks, Dave. All right. God bless you, Josh. Hey, folks, thanks for being with us today on episode 96 of It's All About Relationship. And as I mentioned, please share this link if it's been a blessing to you. I'm David Novak, and we're out.